With us today is Lisa Headley, Ayurvedic practitioner, founder of the Mayflower Spa. This is Lisa Headley's Strategies for Dealing with Stress. Hello, Lisa. Good day. Good day. Good day, darling. Good day, Dr. Brewster. So, today, I don't know if this is a doctorly subject or not, but I am thinking about practical magic. I have been, that's become my, like, watch phrase for, um, well, actually many things these days. Just in talking to clients and talking to people about what exactly they need to apply in their lives. And, uh... And of course, how to apply it. This this falls into that category of um, theories. You know, I always break things into theories and practices and things. But this is the grand theory that contains many of the practices. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about the fact that we all need to have things in our life that we, like the go-to ways to, in real time, by real people, understand, experience, influence yourself, influence your world so that it's a better place for you to live. Does this make some sense? Sure. So um, what I've been trying to do is just come up with easier ways to, maybe I've made it more complicated, but easier ways to explain to people that they've got to come up with frameworks and things in their lives that they can rely on to get to that inner self. You know, we always talk about, oh, the way to be balanced is to have a sense of your inner self. Well, that's a lot easier said than done. And a lot of people turn away from that before they even start because it sounds awfully woo-woo. What does that mean? I am myself. Why do I have to work on it? Why do I have to establish myself more firmly in myself? What the heck? So I think, you know, that's how I, I've sort of just evolved into this idea of practical magic. So magic, you know, is this idea that's been for centuries and centuries. I think actually the Hebrews started the idea of magic, where you, it's literally attempts by people, as I said, to understand, experience, and influence their world. So people started to devise spells and mantras and different things that were like, ooh, in this way I can control my world. But what they were really doing, I mean, you know, many, many branches of magic at this point. But what they were really doing was trying to find tools and strategies and ways to understand and affect the world around them because it makes you feel powerful. It gives you some sense of control over yourself and what's going on around you. And that's what we talk about pretty much every week. The, the basic strategies for dealing with stress have to do with finding practices, finding strategies and tools that are always at your disposal for any given situation that you can use to sort of ward off the evil spirits of imbalance, illness, disease. So that's why I just thought it was a kind of a fun framework. And how, and how does it usually work when people, uh, you know, when people are talking about it? Uh, when you say, yes, well, practical magic, do they look at you? Do jaws drop? Are they okay well, with yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it makes people go, oh, okay. Because what I'm, I'm really interested in these days more than ever is, I mean, I've always been this way, but I'm really interested in working with clients and in, in ways that help them to see that this isn't woo-woo, scary, ooh, religious. It, it doesn't have to have all that baggage of complicated, difficult, unknowable, ununderstandable stuff to it. Now, 
the reality of the types of practices and and ideas that I talk about is that they are not magic bullets. It's not an aspirin that's going to get rid of your headache. That is for sure. But at the same time, it's not, as I say, this really scary, really complicated set of things. It can be much easier than that. And to help people get into a healthier lifestyle for themselves is necessarily a process of giving them these little tools, one at a time, simple things, simple things that pique their interest so that they can say, oh, okay, I see how this works. Now, let me learn a little more. Or that felt really good. How do I do that more? So it's tiny, step-by-step, bite-sized pieces of information that have this magical quality. They have this sort of wondrous quality because, wow, they work. So it gives you an actual way to achieve sort of wonderful and exciting things in your life to give you a better attitude, to give you better health, to give you a better overall balance. And that's why I like it because when I say to people, okay, here, we're just talking about practical magic. And the word practical lets you know that these are practical. First of all, they're practices. And second of all, they are practical. They're not that hard to do. They're not that hard to incorporate. It doesn't mean you have to learn to stand on your head with no arms. You know, I think a lot of people associate, um, because holistic practices aren't a magic bullet pill, they turn away, A, because they're too woo-woo, as we always discuss, or B, because they're too complicated. Like, what are you talking about? And why would that work? And, and what? <laughs> you know, I get that a lot from people, even people who are predisposed to liking holistic methods. It's like, huh? And there's so much gobbledygook and so much information and misinformation out there in the world that it makes this whole world seem less and less practical and less and less doable. But I like the concept of magic because it tells me that there are some unexplainable effects. In Sanskrit, there's a word called prabhav. And a prabhav is an unexpected or unintended consequence of an herb or, a, or the action that it has on your body. So you might think that, know, I've got to think of an what's example now in my head. What, what's Beg pardon? Prabhav. P-R-A-B-H-A-V. Prabhav? Uh-huh. Because what I love about it, while you're thinking of it, I will give you a perfect, shall we say, holistic example. But when people are doing that, speaking of magic bulletry, I actually know people who expect whatever it is to work on the first go, what, whatever it is. And I've always, well, did you take another dose? Oh, really? Okay. You have to do that? <laughs> yeah. And I find it staggering. Or the other thing that I find, you, you know, again, when I say staggering, just entertaining, is someone will go and get something homeopathic and take that. Not take it again, of course, because who would do that? But then just take a Claritin, for example. And to my question, okay, well, how do you know what's going to work? Or it's actually usually, my nose is still stuffy. Okay, what did you do? Well, I took the drops and I took a Claritin and I took a, and I start to, and I say, well, how do you know which one's going to work? Well, nothing worked. How do you address that? <laughs> well, you know, that's, I know that, except that. that, honestly, that's fairly prevalent in terms of people's, um, that's, that's the level at which you sometimes have to work. So it's, it, it's as, uh, as humorous as it might sound, how do you do, I, how do you, 
when when you are dealing with someone who's already torqued, and this is, I know why you say you have to learn these and do these when you're not torqued, but maybe a little bit too late for that. Well, when it's too late, then then the answer is it's never too late. I mean, well, sometimes it's too late and then you die. But you know, that's really the the way it goes, right? The sooner you attack it, the sooner the better you're going to be able to address it because it's small and it hasn't grown into something big and insurmountable. But even if something is big, you know, a, a problem, a disease, a a problem, as they say, is insurmountable or seems insurmountable, you chip away at it. It's that old Annie Lamott, bird by bird by bird. You know, the assignment to document all birds in Northern California seemed overwhelming to the 10-year-old kid. But the father's answer, this is in Annie Lamott's book, Bird by Bird, was just do it bird by bird. Just start with the cardinal and, you know, keep going. And that is the way that you have to chip away at um, health or life balance or stress management issues. It's to say, okay, let's dial this back. Let's agree on. And when I work with clients, it's really a process of conversation. I discuss with them various approaches to the problem at hand or what we think the problem at hand is or what they express the problem at hand is. And when I hear the light of interest, there's a mixed metaphor, you hear the light of interest. When I hear that where I hear them engaging with something, then I go down that road. So, for example, there may be breathing practices, physical practices, herbs, diet changes, lifestyle changes, any of those that can start to address a given problem. But as I talk about them with a client, I can hear which things they're most likely to actually do or which thing they can even understand or they're even interested in. And once I hear that, that's what I go for. And I pick a very simple bite-sized morsel of a practice and give that to them to practice for a day, a week, a month. And then we get back together and we talk about what it did. And if they say, oh, you know, I really felt a difference, then I say, okay, well, can we now try this? And you just build. It's a process. You know, it's like they say, it takes nine months to gestate a baby. It takes at least nine months to get over the, the effect of that on your body. Likewise, if you're dealing with a problem that has been a long time coming, for a lot of people, chronic constipation, I don't know why I'm picking that one, but chronic constipation, I'm not talking about in, you know every once in a while you have a constipation problem, but chronic constipation takes a while to build up. And then you've literally got junk built up in your system. You're not just going to explode that out in one day and find the cure and, the, and, the, the, and solve the problem. It's going to take time and a variety of things to get somebody's system back in balance and get them able to deal. Likewise, things like, you know, oh, I don't know, take, take high cholesterol, take, take, you know, hardening of the arteries, you know, just as a really difficult one, because that means that over years, these people, that person, well, it doesn't always mean this, but for the most part, it means that for years, that person has been taking in more cholesterol and hardening agents, then their body has been able to metabolize and flush out. And then through processes of the body, that has hard, though that toxic waste or gunk has hardened in their arteries. You can't just blow that out and think everything's going to be fine. You have to, yes, clear, you may have to do surgery and clear out those arteries. And then you've got to change your diet and your lifestyle that were the underlying causes of the metabolic failure to begin with. Make sense? 
Yes. It's very simple. It sounds complicated, but it's not. And what Ayurveda does that I love, my little land of Ayurvedica, is that it makes you look at the underlying root causes. And then you can take some practical magic, some little things along the way to change the circumstances around those underlying causes. Let's take a, a, a relationship, emotional, non-physical thing. Let's say that over time you've been resentful of your partner because they haven't been taking out the trash. <laughs> you know, one day when the trash gets eaten by raccoons and is all over the lawn, you have a bit and it becomes this huge problem in your relationship all of a sudden. But that's not all of a sudden. It's been a problem. You've been resentful that he won't take out the trash or won't, you know, I'm just picking a silly example, that he or she won't take out the trash. And then all of a sudden this terrible thing happens as a result of this thing that you've been saying all along. So the way to mend that bridge is not just to go outside and, you know, make them go outside and clean up the trash. No, you've got to go back and say, look, do you understand that this drives me crazy, that I knew this was going to happen, and now it's happened, and I'm furious. I'm not really just furious because the trash is all over the lawn. I'm furious because I've been saying it for years, and you haven't done it. You know, it's, it happens in all aspects of our lives. So that's maybe a silly example, but it's really the same thing as suddenly waking up and having completely blocked arteries and having a heart attack. The heart mm -hmm. attack garbage all over the lawn are not the problems they're the symptoms of the problems they're right. where you get to if you don't address the fundamental problem all true so it's, it's, it's just a question of finding uh, finding the time you know fi fi find f balancing the timing is what i'm trying to say yes balancing the timing is a better way to say it yes. because it's, we all finding the time is time. all and we all are busy, 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 busy. And, you know, one of my favorite strategies is to stop being so busy, 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 busy. Take away about five of those busies and just be busy. <laughs> so that you have some space and time to explore the part of you that is the only part of you that you're born with and you die with, which is the inner self, which is that motivating self that is you. It's you whether you were a baby or you're now. It's you whether you're a happy person or a sad person. It's you whether you have a job or you've been fired. The same you still exists. And the more you are influenced by the way other people reflect back and tell you you are, the tougher a time you're going to have. And the harder it is to make choices that are healthy and make sense for you. So, you know, these are all... You know, they can, you, they can be as esoteric as you want them to be, or they can be as practical as you want them to be. And they can be quite magical because once you hit on these little tricks of the trade for yourself, these little tools and strategies that work wonders for you, you just feel so much better. You know, you, you just have a better relationship to the world around you, to the people around you. And that, that's, that's what life really is in the end. Life is your interaction with everything else around you. You know, unless you're sleeping or you're in a deep yoga nidra, um, you are affected by what's going on in the world. Let's and talk about sleep for a second. Yeah. In, 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 in the practical magic department. Um, I am astonished once again, it's just me, at the number of people who actually don't sleep. Hmm. Yeah. And I know that that's something that you deal with pretty uh, constantly. And it seems, and this is not meant to sound as simplistic as it's going to, that um, that's a really good place for someone to start. 
Yeah, well, I often suggest that it is the only place to start. Right. And because so many of the underlying problems, including weight gain and memory loss and anxiety, are the result of too little sleep, of sleep deprivation. And, you know, there have been endless studies, and we hear about it all the time, that you, you perform even less well than when you're under the influence of alcohol, when you're under the influence of sleep deprivation. So it's not to be underestimated. And I, for one, and this is just really interesting to me, because <laughs> I often say, oh my gosh, because I do all these practices, I've become so sensitive. My body is so sensitive. You know, I eat, one day I eat badly or I drink a lot of wine, and I really feel it the next day. And I really, and that's just what it is. And so to some extent, it's like, oh, maybe I should just, you know, indulge more and I would feel less. Of course you would, because your body is dulled. Your sense of what's going on around you is dulled. And that happens when you don't get enough sleep. And I don't know how people function on not enough sleep, because what I was starting to say was the more sort of practices I do, the cleaner I become, the more I realize how important my sleep is to me and how poorly I do, I fare when I don't get enough of it. I'm just really, my body is kind of highly attuned to those shifts. So uh, when I hear somebody, and I do happen to have a client right now who's going through a lot of stuff in their life, and she um, couldn't sleep. You know, she was waking up with racing thoughts about how to deal with her world and her life. Um, and she said she's just started to go through menopause at the same time. And it's just like, oh, my goodness gracious, what else can possibly happen to me? But the more she doesn't sleep, the worse the effects of all those things get because it affects the hormones. It affects the way that your body is able to metabolize everything it has to do and take in to be nourished and to be energized. And, of course, we know the definition of stress is the lack of energy to meet the demands of your day or your life. And so, hmm, there you see, you're faced with this great problem. So how to get people to sleep better? Well, that's a whole long conversation. It has to do with, it, it, and it depends, my favorite Ayurvedic answer, it depends on what's, what's happening in a person's life. I mean, sometimes it's as simple as they're not creating the right sleep environment. Sometimes it's as complicated as they're so far gone down a road of feeling poorly, of racing thoughts, that it's really hard to unravel how to get them to be calmer. And sometimes they're so oversleep deprived that they literally don't have the energy to sleep. <laughs> so, uh, th and yeah. that's, th that's a not to be underestimated. That, that can be a total problem. And Total. again, it affects everything else. Which goes back to that wonderful word that you were using earlier. It's the unintended consequence of not being able to sleep is not being able to sleep. Yeah, well, that's true. No, it's, uh, it's, it's just use that word, but that is true with sleep. And sleep is tricky. I, I had a, a friend, not a client, but a friend who was telling me that she just started to sleep really badly. And I said, I don't know why I even said this because it's not usually the first thing I think of, but I was like, when was the last time you changed your mattress? That's a really good question. I'm going to go sleep in my guest room. She went and slept in her guest room where she had a new mattress and slept like a baby. So I said, well, keep sleeping in there for a bit and just make sure that it's not just coincidental. Well, sure enough, she slept better on that mattress. So then I thought to myself, hmm, now she's going to go buy herself a new mattress. And it, it occurred to me, well, maybe it's that the orientation of the bed in her room is bad. Or maybe there's something that's, this is going to sound very wooey, but it's true. There's just sort of energy in her bedroom that's bad for her for whatever reason. So I wasn't quite sure that just buying a new mattress was going to do the trick. Um, it did. 
but it did occur to me that it was possible that she could buy a new mattress and still be sleeping badly because something else was going on, and that was perfectly possible, in which case we would have had to have kept exploring the issues. But sometimes sleep issues are really just, they're always a matter of changing things. It's just a question of what are the things that you need to change. Sometimes it's that, oh, I've gotten into the habit of, oh, yeah, I'm eating lunch a little later every day, and I always have my coffee after lunch. Ah, if you're drinking a cup of coffee at two, that could affect your sleep if you haven't been accustomed to that hit of caffeine that late in the afternoon. There's things, little things, and you just, it's, it's like, it's like a detective. Right, and you have to be willing to examine the different offshoots. And that's yep. one of the things that you were talking about last last week, just in the basic things that have to happen, which is why we have uh, basically reverted to after practical magic, and we can go back to practical magic, but sleep is one of those things that you need and eating properly. But it's using really, it's being interested enough to explore the various ramifications or consequences of the sleep? Is it the mattress? Is it the orientation of the bed? Right. Is it that the light comes in at such and such and you're really, your schedule just doesn't support? Because these are things that are, of course, all factors. And they are things, because they're so obvious, they're usually the least, uh, you know, th- th- no one gets to those. <laughs> it's more, oh, could it be a side effect of the this or the this or the that, the that? Because that's the Kind that that's the pace and the uh, the 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 pulsing of the world that we're living in, and uh, that's that that's again something that needs to be taken under advisement or into consideration. Yeah, and I mean just to go back to my little title of today's show and this concept that I'm just really liking to put out there, which is practical magic, is it's also got a little tongue-in-cheek to it, right? It's like, you know, people's general idea of magic is, ooh, poof, the, you know, wave the wand and magic is going to happen. Well, magic is never just going to happen. Magic happens because you pay attention to the, as you're saying, you know, you really go in and understand what's going on or think about what's going on with some awareness and some clarity. And you go in there and then you can practically fix it. In a practical way, I mean, not practically, like almost. But, you know, there's lots of plays and words going on with the practical magic, and that suits me just fine. Because all of the solutions to all of your problems really are some kind of crazy concoction of different solutions. There is no one answer. There is no one, aha, this is going to do it. Because the this is that's going to do it is also going to have repercussions, and it's going to change other things. And so it's a dynamic process. And you have to be willing to enjoy the play of the process. The things that work, the things that don't work, the things that make you laugh, the things that, you know, t- take it take it all in as a big picture that, that and play with it and and work with it because that's that's it. That's the that's the key to finding balance. Or, you know, homeodynamics as they say now. Oh, is that the new word for it? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's the, it's the technical word. You know, it's actually the technical word of what's going on. Homeostasis is the state of balance. And I've been using it more just because I'm so sick of the word balance. It doesn't even, it, it doesn't even register in my meaning 
set anymore. Whereas if you think of balance as a, as a kind of homeostasis that you're trying to achieve in your body then or your life, then you can start to understand it as something that has a lot of moving parts. <laughs> and you can't control all the moving parts, but you can create strategies to deal with the moving parts when they move and and throw you off balance. Right, and you can also try to not resist them. And of course, we are out of time, but it is always a pleasure. Thank you so much, Lisa Headley, Ayurvedic practitioner, founder of the Mayflower Spa, Lisa Headley's Strategies for Dealing with Stress. You can also find Lisa at lalife, lahlife.com. Thank you.